If you are looking for even more help and guidance on your breakup, I have a few different options for you to take your healing to the next level. I have four different online courses depending on what stage of the breakup that you're in from beginning all the way into moving on after heartbreak, or you can bundle all of my courses together and use the code podcast to get $25 off my course bundle. I also have my 30 day no contact challenge to help hold you accountable in going no contact with your ex. And we have our free Facebook group, Healing Hearts Club, where you can connect with other people going through breakups all over the world. To learn more about any of these resources, head to the show notes where you can learn more about my courses, take the quiz to figure out which course is best for you, or join the Facebook group. And don't forget to use the code PODCAST to get $25 off my course bundle. Welcome to the Heal Your Heartbreak podcast with your host, Breakup Bestie, aka me, Kendra. Breakups are hard, but you don't have to do it alone. Each week, I will be taking you through a different topic as it relates to breaking up, healing from heartbreak, growing in your single life, dating, and getting back into happier and healthier relationships. The goal of this show is to provide support, hope, tips, and to remind you that above all, this too shall pass. Before getting into today's listener episode, I wanted to announce something that I am so excited about. I will be speaking on a Valentine's Day themed panel as part of the Arts and Industries Building at the Smithsonian Institution in Washington, D.C. on February 10th at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you are in the D.C. area and want to come meet me and hear the panel, you can get your tickets for free. All you have to do is RSVP at the link in my bio. If you are not in the Washington, D.C. area or you're listening to this after February 10th, no worries. The entire event will be live streamed as part of the Smithsonian's YouTube channel, which will also have a link in the show notes for you to be able to watch. But I am going to be part of the panel led by Tanya Ballard-Brown, who was part of NPR, Reba Thomas, who is a sexuality educator, and Jessica Goldstein, who is a dating expert, part of the Washington Post. So we have breakups dating, and sex. And we're going to be talking about the future of dating. What's the future of dating going to look like? How is social media going to change the future of dating? So we are going to cover so many interesting topics. I'm so excited. There's also going to be a musical artist as part of this event. So I'm so excited to be a part of it. And I highly recommend you listen to it to, you know, hear some interesting takes on what will relationships look like in the future. So Go to the link in the show notes to learn more information. Snag your ticket if you're in the area. Would love to come meet you guys in person. Um, Tickets are super limited, so if you're interested, definitely snag that ticket now. And if not, definitely check out the live stream. Welcome back to another listener story episode of the Heal Your Heartbreak podcast. When I'm able to bring back former coaching clients to do these interviews, it is so special for me and, you know, for a few different reasons. One, I really got to see them at the height of their heartbreak and now getting to see how far they've come. And it's always such a reassurance to me that no matter what your breakup situation, we heal. We can always get through a breakup. 
But today's topic that we are tackling through the listener story, aside from just the overall theme of going through a breakup, is all about going through a breakup because the ex could not commit. So on this episode, I bring back, I guess bring back for me because she was a coaching client, but I bring on Elena, who is 32, lives in Brooklyn. She's a social worker. And she shares the story about how she was in a situationship for a year that ended up evolving into a relationship, although she really talks through how nothing really changed between a situationship and a relationship aside from the title, and how it you know, finally ended when it was clear that it was never going to go anywhere, and he ended up breaking up with her. And so we talk about the shock of that, the anxiety of being in a relationship with someone who can't commit, which if you're someone that's been in that, you know that level of anxiety. We talk about how she was able to, you know, make sense of this and not not completely like personalize it and the whole journey of remembering that it's not just about her. It was about this guy who was incapable of committing. And I think a big theme in this episode that I love is she really struggled in the beginning with not feeling worthy of having intense heartbreak feelings because it did start out as a situationship. She, you know, kind of knew deep down that it wasn't like a fully committed relationship. And so she had a really hard time feeling valid in having those feelings. And so her journey of learning how to fully accept her feelings no matter if they felt, you know, quote unquote valid or not, but just like unconditionally accepting her feelings and realizing that feelings don't have to fit in a perfect box. They can be expressed however they need to be expressed, whether it's messy or loud or a little bit at a time. So a lot of this is just this journey of, you know, of acceptance. So I'm such a big Elena fan and I know you will be too. So here is our interview. Welcome, Elena, to the Heal Your Heartbreak podcast. So excited to have you on today. I'm so excited. I was just telling you, I'm nervous and I've listened to your podcast and everybody says that at the beginning. So I feel like it's a rite of passage to get into it, but I have to say it. (laughs) And everyone does so well. So no, no need to be nervous. But could you start off by telling us just a little bit about you? Yes. So yeah, my name's Elena. I live in Brooklyn. I'm a social worker. I am 32. I want to share my age because I want to give, you know, if anybody else is around that age, kind of, you know, just to know that about me. And I have, you know, friends are really important to me. My family is really important. I love trying anything new, going anywhere new. Spontaneity is big. And yeah, I'm also, I think, you know, something that I want people to know about me is I'm also an extremely empathetic person and very highly sensitive. So take that how you want. But yeah, that's a little bit about me. Yeah. Which is, I think such a, I'm the same way. I'm like a very, I guess you would call me like an empath, but which is so beautiful in so many ways, but like things like breakups can obviously hit 
real hard yes. for um, <laughs> for those of us that are like that. Yeah. Things that involve emotion can just yeah. be tough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> are like 10 X. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about the relationship that you were in. How long was it? You know, just like kind of the cliff notes version of the relationship. Yeah. Okay. So I was with my ex for three years in total. I kind of think back as in two stages. So I feel like I was in a situationship for a full year, experienced all of that. And then we ended up, we did get into a, you know, relationship. And then that was for about two years. So that definitely played a part. Like I say all that to say that a huge part of the relationship was coming from being in that situationship mindset for so long. And then it evolving into relationship. It was, you know, he's a good person. It was great in a lot of ways, you know, and happy to like answer any specifics. And I think that, you know, kind of just cliff notes is that it was a relationship that took, you know, took a lot of effort to get going. And then that theme kind of played out throughout it. Even, you know, I think a lot of people that are in situationships, obviously myself included, the goal is to like, this will change once we get in a relationship. And, you know, then I was in that relationship for two full years and, you know, it still ultimately ended because of a lack of commitment. Okay. And I was in a very similar dynamic that a situationship turned into a relationship that then ended. Mm -hmm. And I know situationships can really bring like a lot of anxiety to people. Do you feel like you experienced anxiety in the situationship, not knowing where it was going? And did that anxiety go away once you guys got into an actual relationship? Oh yeah. No, it didn't go away. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I experienced it and uh, just kept it for the whole time. So there, you know, classic situationship anxiety is not knowing where you stand and kind of, you know, knowing, and I, it could be different for anybody, but for me, it was knowing we were you know, exclusively dating and, you know, there, you know, we were giving each other like a lot of our time and having dates and, and things that really felt like we were in a relationship, but there was no label of a relationship. So, you know, that caused a lot of anxiety around like, well, if we're doing everything that I want anyway, am I just being too much for asking for a label? And, you know, I think that I fell into a lot of the thought process of, I just don't want to be too much. I just like, I'm enjoying this. It's fine. I know he has, you know, at the time, like it was just like strong feelings for me and I'm good with this. I'm getting what I want kind of on paper, then what does it matter? But then that's a lot of anxiety around, well, I know he has been in other relationships. So is it just me? And am I, you know, am I not asking for what I want? And then, and and I'm going to share this, I guess, just, you know, to show that Cause I do think that so often, like when people are in situationships, it's like, if I could just get in that relationship, like it will be better. And so I really feel like, you know, the way that, and I would never classify myself as somebody that's like, I'll just tear someone down and like make them tired enough to date me. So I don't think that I did that. Although, you know, after a year of being in a situationship, 
it did feel like we got in a relationship because it was just like, you know, please, this is just something that's really important to me, please. And then the answer was like, well, because you want it, sure. And so again, every story is so different. I think that, yes, what what I would have loved is like, you know, I decided that like, you're just worth it. Let's get in a relationship. And that's, that's not how it happened. And then once you're in the relationship, you know, we, that relationship was, you know, two years and was, you know, had a lot of like love in it and a lot of like high moments as well. So there was parts of it that, you know, my anxiety wasn't as high because I did feel like I could relax more and I wasn't trying to prove that I was somebody worth dating. And I wasn't trying to, you know, compete with, even if I didn't think of it like this at the time, I wasn't trying to compete with, you know, other girls that he dated and like trying to like subconsciously say like, I'm just as good as those people. And areas that, you know, the anxiety didn't go away though, was that it did feel like, okay. And again, I don't know if I vocalized all this or like even thought about it at the time, but now thinking back, I think a lot of the anxiety that stayed was because I was like, well, he got in a relationship with me and at least he did that. And so what else am I like, you know, I should be grateful that like, at least we're in a real relationship and I, anything that I'm kind of asking that's above that, is that just, you know, again, the same thing, right? The same thing as before that I was saying is, is this just asking for too much? That didn't really go away. And I also feel like, you know, when you're in a situation like that, it's almost like, well, they did change their mind. So they'll probably change their mind again, like in a good way, meaning like, yes. Okay. We haven't talked about our future yet, but before, like I ended up getting what I wanted. So what's to say it's not gonna, you know, happen again. And were there any other now looking back, like signs of the lack of commitment, like how else did it show up aside from just like not advancing future plans? Yeah. It was like, so, so permeated in the entire relationship. You know, again, it showed up in, in ways that like to give tangible examples, it showed up in everyday planning as well. Not just, you know, let's not talk about marriage. Let's not talk about, you know, moving in together or future plans like that. It was, and, you know, some of these examples are, I'm talking like a year plus into the relationship. So at that point we've been together for two plus years and it showed up in ways of planning trips together would be like, you know, we should do this in a few months and a lot of pushback around like, that's too far in advance. I can't plan that far in advance. Or I felt like I didn't have a lot of control. And so to like, instead of me just like, I am someone that like, I love going new places. I don't need a lot of planning. I activities are so important for me. So I felt like I found myself like recognizing that commitment was still like lacking so much in the relationship that I would kind of water down what I wanted to do because I like could not handle any more like what I felt as just like constant rejection from him of like, I'll give you this, but not this. I'll give you like this, but not this. And so I would, you know, it was in like the silliest ways too, that like, you know, he wasn't asking me to do this, but I like say I wanted to go to like the beach. I just like 
would assume he wouldn't want to. And so that was like an activity that was like on the like, don't ask list. But the things that I knew, like I knew for sure, a hundred percent, he loves doing these things. He won't say no to it. These are plans that he'll make. Like I would just lean into that and only ask him to do like that stuff. So I really felt myself. And again, in that moment, you're like, whoa, I don't want this, but it's, it feels like far. I just couldn't, I was taking everything as like rejection because there was such like a baseline of fear of commitment. Um, And so, yeah, just with like planning and my friendships are extremely important to me. I mean, I think a lot of people will say that that's nothing unique for a lot of women. And I am very grateful that I I did make time for my friends during this whole relationship. So, you know, I would do the same thing that you would do of, you know, if I'm going to have date nights, I would make sure that I had nights that I had planned to hang out with friends. And I, you know, I'm very grateful that I didn't kind of isolate myself in this relationship. And I think what was hard is that, you know, while friends loved him because they loved me, everyone really like saw kind of how it didn't seem like the best fit or, you know, he did not take time to get to know my friends or my family. And whether that be like on a family vacation, he wouldn't really like engage with family. And I think at the time, you know, they're not going to say anything because they love me. And so they're like, well, if you love him, that's fine. And with friends, they, you know, I saw that like he wouldn't engage or give much effort. And that felt really crappy for me because, you know, these are relationships that I'm not, you know, I'm going to continue to put a lot of effort into. And I felt like, you know, with his and kind of like a joke that I have is that, you know, with his friends and family, I'm like a cruise director. When I like go see them, I'm like, you know, this is, I'm doing a full performance and like, I'm going to like put my best foot forward and all this. And so I think it was hard because there, I kind of knew that, you know, friends weren't necessarily always getting the best impression from him, but were like really patient and understood that this like you know, his good qualities as well. And that this was a loving relationship. And so they were very like understanding for me. And I think that, you know, there was a few times that, you know, I would have friends that would have to, and I think this, this just goes back to showing how, you know, throughout the whole relationship, the commitment really wasn't there. We were just, I think both like, you know, we were in love with each other. And so really trying to make it work, but I would have friends that would actually the same friend both times that kind of, you know, caught him saying some like really not nice things about me early on when we were dating and had to kind of tell me like, Hey, I I obviously need to tell you this and was so, so like gentle and loving and patient with like trusting how I respond is how I'm going to respond. And then the relationship continued. And then like six months before we broke up, but I would say, honestly, like the height of our relationship and our commitment level, that same friend had to, she, you know, lives in a different city than me. And she FaceTimed me to tell me that she had seen him on Bumble and yeah, it was on there. And so again, it was like, for me, like that hurt extra bad because I am like so protective of my friends. And I just felt so 
embarrassed for her that she had to keep telling me these things. And, you know, when I did talk to him about it, it was, you know, the explanation was like, it didn't, you know, it wasn't that big of a deal to me. I just was feeling really like, you know, friends were talking about how it was like so hard to get girls to swipe for you on Bumble. And I was just like, oh, I feel like I could get it to happen to me. And I like did it, but wasn't, you know, wouldn't like, I see how I messed up, but it didn't like, it was just an excuse that, you know, I really took it and was like, okay, that's fine. Because again, and, and the reason why I shared that like whole story is because that showed like where I was at was like, well, that's just how this relationship is. This relationship is just like, that is normal for us because what I took as like, we're not like most couples. It's like, we are not respectful towards each other. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's like when you want a relationship so badly to work, it's like you, you just build your idea of a relationship around that particular person. So I think that's, you know, a very common thing. And I, I mean, I relate to so much of what you said with that of like, planning trips, even like a couple months in advance, it was Mm -hmm. like pulling teeth. And so really, and I think like you can only put up with so much of that, like rejection within your relationship. So I think at a certain point, it's like very common to just like give up and be like, yeah, all right. I like whatever this takes to keep going, I'll just be, Mm -hmm. you know, be here. And I think especially when it's like, it's not like abusive, it's just like, it's just not great, you know, but like, you're like, they gave me the relationship that I wanted. And by all means, we, I seem happy here and I can totally relate to the friends thing. I think with, if I found out like a friend didn't like a person that I was dating during it, it was heartbreaking because it's like, I knew I wasn't going to do anything about it but I also loved my friend and respected them so much. Mm -hmm. So it kind of puts you in. That's why I say it's like, honestly, if you're going to have someone choose between like a friend and a partner, they're most likely going to pick the partner, not because they don't love you, but it's just, I don't know. It's like hard to put someone in that position. Yeah. And one thing that you just made me think about is that I think, okay. So I just think this is so true in a lot of parts of life. Like the issue is at hand is never normally like just the issue at hand. Right. So whatever like anxieties are coming up is probably an indication of somewhere else in your life that you also share those anxieties or some, some deeper issue. And you just made me think about how, you know, I think with friends and I almost like hate to word it like this, but you just know that they're not going anywhere. Yeah. And so it's almost easier to disappoint them, even though, you know, they love you. You're not just disappointing them. That's, you know, side. And it feels, you know, when you're in these kind of shaky, uncommittal relationships, it feels like I'm just, again, it all comes back to like, I'm just not ready for that form of rejection right now. I just, I know that I'll still have my friend and, you know, yes, that does sound like, you know, you're taking your friend for granted. And also though, like, I think that that's the place that a lot of people get to where they're like, but I'm so unsure. Like I just can't handle like this person leaving right now, but I know you won't leave. So yeah, I like, we'll worry about that later. (laughs) No, I think that's very common experience. And I think that's why a lot of people, and that's why I say like, if you're going through like a breakup and like, you felt like you didn't necessarily like respect your friends as like much as you should it honestly, like, don't let that stop you 
going to your friends because it's just, it's a common experience. Like Mm -hmm. I would never, like if a friend came to me and was like, sorry, I was kind of shitty during my relationship. I'd be like, I get it. I've done that. Like, it's okay. (laughs) Just like, come to me now. You know, like I have someone in my life that like, you know, kind of deserted during the relationship. And then like, you know, I guess has just decided like that's, that was too much for them and they don't want to like come back to their friends now. And it's really sad because it's like, we'd be more than willing to welcome you back with like complete open arms. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, so I think that's a very common experience. So what finally caused the actual breakup? From yeah. That? A lack of commitment. <laughs> so this was definitely what, like what caused the actual breakup, I feel like is something that was so like hard for me to just like sit in and realize that, oh man, like after all this time, this is what it came to. And again, that's not an uncommon experience. I think it's also an area that I got so stuck in that the, you know, looking back and Again, like every relationship, I want to highlight that, you know, there's great things that do make you stay, especially for like the length that I was in this relationship. And also looking back, I can see, and I love your question of what are examples of ways that kind of this, you know, uncommittal attitude extended throughout the relationship. It was there the whole time. And still, I feel like when the actual breakup happened, it felt like I was like, man, I just like wanted it to be something else that broke us up, you know? Like it should have been like, like, you know, you almost, and and I'm just speaking from personal experience. I know grass is always greener. It's like, you almost want this, like something that happened that like broke us up a big fight infidelity. And again, it's, I know those things aren't easy when they're happening. And what, you know, the breakup was the day before Thanksgiving 2020. And we were just like, you know, we, what did we play? Mario party. We were just like playing Mario party and it just like started a conversation. And the conversation was about, you know, living together. And again, this is into a three-year relationship and it was still like my entire body was on fire. Cause I'm like danger, danger. Like this is the most rejection build conversation. You know, this isn't going to go anywhere and still feeling like, you know, like, are you just never going to have the conversation? Like, and I've listened to like, it's really helpful to like, listen to other people on your podcast share about how you do know deep down and you're just not right. You're just like not there yet. And so it started with a conversation around eventually moving in together and, you know, speed it up, not going into everything that was said. And long story short, it really like, there was this moment that he just looked at me and said, this isn't working. I can't ever see us living together. And I mean, I said nothing after that. I feel like it was just, I can be thankful that I I was devastated. And also though, I was like, you cannot fight this because it's almost like so personal that like you cannot change the way a person like thinks about you. if that makes sense. Yeah. Like it just felt like there was nothing I could rebuttal. There was nothing that's like the whole relationship was just so much of like, but can we please just date? But can we please just go on trips? But can we please just meet each other's families? But can we please just spend holidays together? But it was like, 
I cannot also say, but like, will you please just live with me? Like how much lower can I go and like begging for commitment? So I do feel like something inside of me was just like, okay, just sit in it. Like, this is what you were afraid of. You were afraid of this moment. You're in it in a way. It's not as bad as you thought. Like just stay, just be in it. That's really interesting. I feel like you described like my exact breakup with <laughs> the person that was non-committing. Cause I remember in the moment, like same thing, super innocuous conversation mm-hmm. and just started going. And I was like, Oh no. But then I was like, you can't stop this. You got to have this, like this conversation's got to happen sometime. Mm-hmm. Like just, just roll with it. And like those same feelings. And I had that same thing too, where I was like, I can't argue with your truth. Like, I just can't argue with where you're at. Like we can make bargains. Like, I think that's what we do in those relationships. We're just like bargaining for (laughs) what we can get. But then at that point, it's like, okay, like I just heard something that I can't unhear and it's sad, but like, this is very clear. And I like that you said, like, it's not as bad as I thought. It was going to be, because I think if you're in a relationship like that, you think about that a lot. Like what's going to happen. (laughs) It's like someday this train, like the, you know, either a massive change has to happen or like the train's coming off the track and just knowing like, okay, I heard like the worst case scenario and I'm like, still, still alive, (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know? And obviously the beginning of the breakup's really tough about the beginning of the breakup, but I'd also like to hear at what point were you able to recognize that it wasn't about you? Like that it was a a him thing (laughs) today. (laughs) Today. (laughs) It's a, it's a process now. Okay. Sorry. Like walk me through like the first like 10 days after the breakup. Yeah. (laughs) So that conversation happened the day before Thanksgiving. We did not spend Thanksgiving together. I did stay for like a full two days though. And I have never, I think something that was like extremely, extremely difficult and made the, you know, the moment of the breakup, I felt like everything that I just described before, like you can't stop this. This is happening. Just be in it. The next 10 days like were harder than that moment for sure. And I've never seen him cry, show much emotion. And he was bawling. And that was really hard for me. And I kind of go back to the beginning when I was trying to quickly say a little bit about myself is that, you know, I did immediately jump into like comfort mode of I need to make sure that you know, it's going to be okay. It's fine. I think also in that moment, I was so concerned of being like, like leaving lovingly and just saying like, we did the best we could. It was a good time. It will be okay. And, you know, that wasn't how I truly felt at the moment. I felt confused. I felt really sad. I felt like, you know, it was very hard to process like, wow, after all this time, like you are like, you can't ever picture living with me. It's like, I just had like those words repeating. And, and also though, I was just like, wow, this is so much to process. And I have never seen you cry and you are crying a lot and I really need you to be okay. So I felt like it was 
strange and I stayed. And some of that time, I think that selfish or not, I am at times glad I got to see him show that emotion. And there are other times that I'm like, wow, that really stuck with me for longer than I would have liked it to. And that was really hard to like watch someone process that in real time. And it's funny. I don't know if this is like, I feel like this is going to make me sound like I'm like constantly thinking these like grand big thoughts. They just happen to be like rolling in at this time. But I did after like two days there felt like I just like went in his bathroom and looked in the mirror and was like, I know you're so afraid to walk out because I also know, and this is even before hearing kind of like you package it as no contact. Like I can't have contact after a breakup. That is how I work. And I've, it's been something that like, I just knew that about myself. And I think I heard you say that before too. It's like, you knew, like, if we break up, like, I can't talk to you. And I knew that. So I think I was like, because he wanted me to stay for like a few days, even after we were broken up, I kind of was like, okay, because I was afraid to leave too. It's like, I know that leaving will be one of the last times I see you. Like, I I don't know when I will see you again. So, but I feel like I went in the bathroom and I just just like took my face and looked in the mirror and was like, you will hate yourself if you stay any longer. Like this is, you cannot keep just crying together. You are broken up. (laughs) Like You're not in a relationship anymore. So I did. And so, so this is like, I did eventually leave. I'm not his house right now. So I did leave and I went to go see my family and, you know, speed up the story. You know, we had a little bit of contact in the beginning. It was around the holidays. It was, you know, I had Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, all bam, bam, bam. And, you know, a very difficult time pandemic wise as well. It was tough. You know, I did have my family because it was the holidays and that made it you know, a lot better. And also though, I think that, you know, I, I am someone that kind of processes by, I really like to like, I'm a crier. I sit my emotions. I need to just be, you know, it's, it's not necessarily the best for me to like stay busy right away and just like be distracted. I kind of like lose my mind because I'm like, no, no, no. Someone needs to know like how sad I am. So it was good in that sense to be around my family and also a little bit hard because, you know, just holidays bring like busyness, even, even, you know, last, last year's holidays. It was tough though. I, you know, after with like taking as much precautions as we could, like my mom got COVID, I ended up getting COVID in those first 10 days, obviously everything like those are a million reasons to want to reach out. So it was all very hard and And also though, it was like, I had a ton of support with family and friends. So it had like, you know, really beautiful moments too, where I was like, and I want to go back to two, something you said where it's like, it's so universal. And this for me was my first, you know, real breakup. And so I think too, as someone who's like, it's really hard for me to open up unless I package like what I went through. And I really want to be able to like tell the whole story because whatever is like my own stuff, I don't always trust people to like take the information and not like use it against me. Or I don't want, you know, people to think negatively of me. So, you know, and that's my own thing that I have to work through, but also like a breakup can really trigger that where it was a very intense opportunity for me to learn like, 
my friends are not caring like how I'm bringing this information to them. They've all gone through it. It's very normal. You know, my dad doesn't care. My mom doesn't care. They just are like, yeah, who wouldn't be sad after three years? And I think that that was freeing for me because so much of the relationship was like in the back of my mind, I'm like, I'm not in a real relationship, but I was, and I did deserve to be as sad as I was. Yeah. Like letting go of the need to constantly validate or not judge your feelings. I'm the same way. Like I have a really hard time presenting messy emotions. Yes. (laughs) If I'm like a little bit behind them and I can like put them in a nice box with a bow, I'm like, here you go. These are all my things. Mm -hmm. But I think that's beautiful that, and I recorded an episode on situationships the other day. And like, my whole thing is like, do you feel sad? Yes. Do you feel heartbroken? Yes. Do you feel like you're going through a breakup? Yes. Then you deserve to feel all these feelings. Like Mm -hmm. it doesn't, the circumstances by all means do not matter. It's all about like, what are you feeling and, and really honoring that. And I love that you had people in your life that were able to say like, Hey, we don't care how it's packaged. We just want you to share that with us so we can help you. For sure. And I think to just going back to the time where I was able to, I'm going to say that, you know, take it less personally and also, you know, still definitely it's really important for me too to like not paint a picture that, you know, it's like timelines are really hard for me to let go of. So it's really important for me to like not paint a picture that, you know, well, within the first like three months, I felt this way. And within the first like six months, I felt like completely over it because the whole process. And again, it's, it's that it's never just about the breakup. It it brings up a lot of stuff. And so it is, and you know, the breakup is just an opportunity to, you know, learn more about yourself and feel like I like keep the things that, you know, learn the lessons that are for you and then throw away everything that was like for them (laughs) or not for you. But I definitely think that, and like ways that I, you know, definitely a time that I felt like I was taking it less personal was the more that I did open up about like, not just saying like, oh, guys, I'm I'm sad about this breakup, which is could be if that's all you want to say, that's fine. And my friends would have understood it. And my family would have understood it. I think that it was really like, there was a lot of times in the relationship that I was just trying to prove to myself that it was a real relationship that like, This was like what other people have. And so I think that it was in a way a little bit embarrassing to say like, what I'm really struggling with right now is that my boyfriend of three years broke up with me because he could never picture himself living with me. And I think, you know, it took me a while to really even like say that. And so I think that that was really freeing to be able to recognize like, Okay. So you said it. And again, that's kind of like, to me, that was kind of like a worst case scenario. And I said it and nobody thinks that like, I am, you know, just, you know, a completely undateable person that nobody would ever, or like an unlovable person that nobody would ever want to live with. They see it more as like, well, it kind of tracks, you know, and they're not saying this to me, but it was helpful to be open and honest about it because it tracks with, if you're in a relationship that there is such a, you're hitting a wall with like commitment and there's such a lack of commitment, then doesn't it just make sense that that relationship would end 
because the commitment did not meet like was, you know, the commitment wasn't there. So I feel like it's like talking about it a lot, just helped me accept it of like, it makes sense. I didn't cause this. I didn't like, like, I did not make him like not want to live with me. He is and was at the time, I, he was not ready to live with anybody. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What would you do if you had unlimited time and energy? As you're navigating your breakup, I know your energy can feel low and it can feel really difficult to complete everything you need to in a day. When you're emotionally exhausted, it's especially important to be really clear on what your priorities are and where your energy should be invested. Therapy has helped me in the past figuring out where I should be putting my energy, whether that's career, friendships, relationships, events, which in turn has helped lower my anxiety because I don't always have to feel stretched thin or behind. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash heartbreak today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash heartbreak. Are you looking for a guilt-free way to unwind? Between balancing your breakup, work, and just functioning in your day-to-day life, I know you are under a lot of stress. Breakups mess with your nervous system, cause obsessive thoughts, and make it so hard to just sit with yourself. This is why it's so important to have rituals that allow you to treat yourself in a healthy way. And this is why I love Recess Mood, a sparkling water infused with functional ingredients like stress-balancing adaptogens and mood-lifting magnesium. Life has been very full and stressful for me lately, and as someone who hasn't had alcohol in a 11 years, I need something that helps me relax and that can bring me a moment of peace. Lately, my favorite way to do that is sitting on the couch after I put my kids to bed and having either the strawberry rose or the lime recess mood. They not only make me feel good, but they also taste incredible too. So whether you're looking for a healthier alternative to alcohol or a way to make you feel more balanced, you deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com slash heartbreak and get 15% off recess mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish, right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just six dollars. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba da ba ba ba. Did you ever get to the point where you were like where you felt grateful for the fact that it did end? Because otherwise, you may have still been in that. Yeah. You know, I am sure I'm not the first person on this podcast to say it is that I wouldn't have ended it. Yeah. You know, I think I had many opportunities in many kind of areas that, you know, people would have ended relationships because of those things. And I didn't. And so, but I also don't try to be like hard in myself for that because I think it is something that I, you know, I do like to, you know, accept people for who they are. And, and in that sense, it's, you know, can be at times to the detriment of you shutting yourself down so that you accommodate another person so much. So I guess I can kind of only be thankful when things happen because 
you know, I think it's important to note, like anybody's being like self-reflective like this, like there's many areas that I have a ton of strengths in, and maybe ending relationships is just not one of them. <laughs> yeah. So I can be thankful for it for sure. I think that, I don't know, it's, it's just like, it, it's something that it's, it's really made me get like curious, I think too, with like, what about it? If it kind of, you know, if, if I, in a way, you know, knew and saw it coming and kind of understood that this would be what broke up this relationship and it wasn't a lack of love or a lack of, you know, liking me as a person or anything like that, you know, why am I taking this so personally? So I think it really like spiraled, but in a good way, me into like a lot of curiosity of, Ooh, like, why do I take it? Like, you know, why was that one sentence after like millions of other conversations so hard for me to hear? Well, I think there's something to be said of like, I remember I was doing another one of these listener episodes and she was saying like, they broke up at year one and then they broke up at year three. And the reason they broke up at year three is the same reason they broke up at year one. And I Mm -hmm. think I can understand that like desire to want it to have ended for another reason, because I think if you're really self-reflective, it can be like, you can put blame on yourself of like, oh, this is the same, like same shit, different year kind of a a thing. And so, and I think when you place any kind of blame on yourself, automatically your feelings become less valid. Yes. Because then you think that you had some more control in it than you do. Exactly. Exactly. So, and I think that whole, like, see, I remember being in the relationship very similar to yours. And I remember I had a mentor say to me, like, cause it was almost, I like just knew something was up. Like I knew it wasn't like a totally normal relationship. Like, and I remember my mentor said to me, like, you're going to stay in this until like less than 50% of the time is good for you. Like you're going to stay in this as long as 51% of the time works for you. And she's like, honestly, you can't really expect yourself to stay like to get out of it sooner Cause I kept being like, I know this isn't right, but like, I, I, I just can't bring myself to, to let it go. And I, and I, you know, when they broke up with me, it was totally like universe doing for me what I couldn't do for myself. But I did face like a lot of blame on myself, mm-hmm. a lot of judging of my own feelings and, you know, do I deserve to feel as sad as I do? And so I think, Mm -hmm. you know, coming to that realization of like, I can be as messy as any kind of breakup. I can be as emotional as any kind of breakup. And that's why I, I really like to focus less so on like the type of relationship someone is coming out of and more focus on like, what are the feelings that are Mm -hmm. kind of coming out of that? And I wonder do you think this has taught you in other areas of your life to like validate your own feelings and not judge them? Yes, absolutely. One thing, yes. For for some of the reasons that I already said, which is that just, I don't know how to explain it, but it's not like there is this like scorecard against me that is like, like if I am the type of person that somebody would break up with for like, Because, you know, for me, which is like 
you know, the most like embarrassing reasons of like, I just, you know, just can't picture myself like being with you, you know, you just like, you know, running through the whole gamut of like, you're just like, not enough. You're not good enough. It's like, like, that's what that like whole thing of, I can't see us living together, like spiraled. It's just that, like, it just felt like it was a direct connection to like, like you, like, I don't want to live with you. And so I felt like by being, you know, there was no way of like putting that in a nice package and like putting a bow on it. It just felt like it was so hard to make that make sense of like, in a way how to like protect myself from how personal that felt. So was like, if I'm going to actually talk about what's hurting me, like the actual thing that's hurting me, then I'm going to need to tell, you know, a few people, um, you know, I, I also like go to therapy. So a therapist, so I'm going to have to tell people the actual thing that is hurting me. And I just felt like I was in awe of how much that helped of just saying it because it gave it less power. It also felt like when I said it, it didn't sound as bad as I thought it sounded in my head. And, you know, I think too, that I've always been the type of person that has just been in awe of people that like in the moment, just process something that they're going through. So it's like, they had a crappy day at work, or they had this, like, I don't know, they went on a date with somebody and they ghosted them, which has truly happened to all of us. And also it's not something that I necessarily like am totally comfortable always sharing those stories. And so I've always been in awe of friends. That's like, they have something crappy happen and they just say it or like, a family member had said something crappy. And for me, I'm like, I love this because you trust me enough that, you know, I'm not judging your family. I'm not judging you as like an undateable person. I'm not judging like any of your feelings. I'm just listening to you. And it sounds completely normal. So I feel like for me, you know, this really being, even with sharing that like Bumble story, like that's something that prior to this experience, like I would have never felt like that was something that like that hurt. And I have a right to process that and to talk about that and to say that, like, you know, whether it was something we worked through and which we did and got over, it still hurt. And I can share that with friends and they're not like, wow, I would never be somebody that somebody would like go on a dating app for. So it just like, yeah. maybe it's like, I don't know. I just had like, like it just felt like a situation that wasn't about anyone else. A breakup is like, you know, I'm not talking about like the relationship part. I mean, the actual breakup is so just about you and your healing and your perspective and how you, you know, took the words and all of that stuff that I was like, wow, this is like, let me just lean into actually sharing my side of it and not protecting anyone in the process. Yes, 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 yes. Cause I coach people that like, you know, I've been ghosted after like years in a relationship and they won't tell people because they're embarrassed by it. And I'm mm -hmm. like, look, this isn't a reflection of you. It's like very much a reflection of them. Like your friends aren't going to be like, whoa, that's so no. embarrassing. They'll be like, be like, what a maniac. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't like reflect on you. And what you were saying reminds me, 
there's this phrase in like the recovery community that says mm-hmm. it's so much better to save your ass than it is your face. And mm-hmm. like so much better to like say exactly what you're thinking, not try to package it pretty, like just get it out there because yep. that will save your ass instead of like, you know, trying to save face or, you know, protect your ego in some weird way. And I think it's, it's important to like set your ego aside. And it's also important to be selfish, you know, a little bit selfish when it yeah. comes to going through a breakup. And I think if you're someone that is struggling in this arena, like think back to some of the things your friends have shared with you. Some of the things you have helped your friends with, like put yourself on the outside and pretend your friend is coming to you with the same situation how are you going to treat your friend? You're going to treat your friend with kindness, with compassion. You're going to listen. You're going to give him a hug. Like Mm -hmm. you're not going to just be like, I'm going to beat the crap out of you because (laughs) this is all your fault. Like that's just not how that works. So I think that's such an important lesson of like being unconditionally like open with your feelings with the people that you trust, of course, you know, it's like, we don't need to, we don't need to blast it out there. No. And I I mean, it's like, and to that point, it's like, yeah, the people with you trust because they are actually the ones that are going to accept it and not judge it. But you know, the woman at the grocery store, she has every right, like to judge it. If you're just telling her like all this information. So it is like, you know, definitely finding ways that I think too, especially like, I think about this a lot, like as a social worker and in that line of work where it's also about not opening yourself up in an area or in a way that you feel like you're not going to like be able to close back up and to, or to have somebody like help you, like, you know, be okay to leave and do the next thing that you need to do in that day. And so I think that that is, is like really important of, you know, and, and also in, in all this stuff that in the messaging that we get around, like, you know, feel your feelings and share all your feelings. And, and, you know, for me, a huge like growth and leaning into sharing in a way that I didn't have all the answers or didn't feel like I had gotten to the other side yet, or couldn't explain it perfectly. Also that judgment around, you know, I think it all comes back to too. It's like, what do I actually need right now? Like, do I need to kind of stay home and like chill and, you know, cry and do some self-care? Like, do I need to go out do I need to tell a friend or like, am I expecting that? Like, cause sometimes I think too, with what sharing kind of these like unfiltered thoughts, and it's just something I keep in mind is like, what's your expectation of after you share this? Like, do you want someone to listen? And maybe you should like, you know, you have every right to tell them that. Do you want someone to give you advice back? And I think for me, there were times that I would share and especially like, you know, people you're closest with, maybe with my mom or with a best friend. And I would really want them to like, tell me back, like, it's fine. Everything's going to be okay. You did nothing wrong. Everything's like, you know, but, and they wouldn't say that. And I would get like even more anxious because it was like, no, 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 don't just listen. Like you need to tell me it's fine. You're going to get the most amazing boyfriend after this. You're going to find him so attractive. Everything will be fine. And like, this is the date that they're coming. And so I think that it was like in learning to share my honest and real feelings, there was also learning, like, what do I expect after I share them? Yeah, no, I think that's, and it's, I mean, that's going to serve you so well in a future relationship where you can say like, Hey, this is what I need. And I'm okay Mm -hmm. telling you what I need because I know it's not too much. 
I yeah. know it's totally valid and I know I'm worth it. And I think that's like a beautiful lesson to come out of that. Cause that does pay off. It's really important to learn how to do that. And I think it's the best place to learn how to do that is with friends. So that way you mm-hmm. can like kind of transfer that to a new relationship in the future. Mm-hmm. So my last question for you is if you could go back to Thanksgiving of last year and you could tell that version of Elena anything, what would you tell her? I'm going to go with the classic of it's going to be okay. I think that I'm just really proud of myself for how I have you know, really, really connected with the support that I needed. So I think that I would tell her to like, it's going to be okay because you like literally already know how to take care of yourself and trust the process. And I feel really like empowered that I can truly say in this moment that I don't know if I would tell myself anything different because I did know like what I needed and I did it all. And that's not in a way that it was done perfectly. And you know, it's not in one of those like TikTok post ways that it's like after a breakup, I just like went off the grid for three months, went to the gym and like, everything's fine. Like, you know, eight months for me. And there's still some really, really hard days and they're like, you know, much less. And, but one thing that I would say, you know, interesting the process and not to change your question, but like one thing that I'm really glad that I did was to reach out to, you know, to therapy, to friends, to like scrolling on Instagram and finding you. And also I really came up with like a list of boundaries right away that I was like, I had this saying that just, I feel like got like put in me immediately, even in that moment when we were having the breakup where I was like, like think like long-term, like instead of like short-term. And so like, what I mean by that is that I feel like And every moment that just got like so hard where it's like, oh my gosh, this is like, like, should I just like contact him? You know, should I do, you know, ask about him that like friends that know him? I just felt like I had this like saying that I would say all the time. That's like long-term benefits versus short-term benefits. Like short-term benefit is like, it actually probably would feel really great to hear from him. He's the type of person that I know would respond back. We would small talk long-term benefit. I would seriously feel so depressed if I did that and feel so sad. And so then it's like, that was my kind of the, 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 the big thought that I had around that. And then I like broke it down even more where I was like, okay, so to keep that like long-term in mind, like what are some boundaries that I have? And it sounds silly, but they worked for me where like one thing is I was like, in all actuality, I'm not going to be okay if I talk to him. Unless, you know, and and I thought of some silly thing where I was like, I will talk to him again when I get like an invitation to his wedding in the mail and I wouldn't care. Like I wouldn't care who he was marrying. And so it's like, like I had to like write those things down and think about it where it's like, yeah, like short term. And I think a lot of times like you just need to do what you need to do to like make it through the moment. But I think that like for me, what really helped and I'm glad I did was that like, what are things like this has been like such a good healing and super, super hard process that like every day that I don't do things that I think are hurting me is just like another day that I'm closer to really not being hurt by it. So I just, you know, I don't know, like 
necessarily, you know, why it was like, it's not that no contact was easy for me. I think I just really, really understood like in the long term, it's going to make healing so much harder. And like, I don't want to waste time. I think that's like my favorite answer to that question. Like you did know how to do it. You had it in you. I seriously think everyone does. Sometimes like we just need a little bit of direction and boundaries are so big. Yes. But the fact of like, you know how to handle this, like you knew how to call your friends, like you knew it's like, I think honestly, like the biggest issue that comes from getting over a breakup is not, not knowing what to do. It's just not trusting your gut, mm-hmm. like not really trusting your inner self of, you know, what to do. Like you knew, you knew it wasn't going to serve you to contact him. You yes. knew it was going to serve you to be honest with your friends. Like we know those things. Sometimes we just have to like allow ourselves to tap into that. Yeah. So Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. It's such a, I think like this whole idea of the lack of commitment and all that stuff has just been something that's been coming up a lot. So I know your story is going to help a lot of people and yeah, I just, you know, I just adore you and (laughs) (laughs) it made so much sense and so excited to see where your journey takes you next. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you loved it, I hope you'll leave a review and share with your friends. If you're not already following me on Instagram, head to at your breakup bestie where I'm sharing new content almost every day. To join our Facebook group, Healing Hearts Club, where you can connect with thousands of people from all over the world going through breakups, head to the link in the show notes. And don't forget to check out my online courses for more in-depth help through your healing journey. I always end these episodes the same way, reminding you to be nice to yourself, stay connected with loved ones, and the biggest reminder is that this too shall pass. I promise. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.